And welcome to another Nerds Amalgamated episode. I'm the DJ, and with me today I have Buck and the Professor. Hello. How are you two? Hello. How are you two gents? So I'm pretty good. Tired. <laughs> I don't even have uni. How do you guys do it? Well, I've been picking on you guys for being all stressed out over your exams for the past three weeks, and now it's my turn to be completely worn out. Uh, we, the, the exams are only just hitting now. Like All the past few weeks has been assignments. Oh, well, so I still, still don't want to swap places with you. It's still ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> now he wants to swap places when, he, when, when every week he's been bragging about how the full-time life was such no. a good thing. I said I still don't want to swap. Because you guys have exams to go. Well, I don't because I'm in my master's, but yeah. Um, so why are you so worn out and tired there, Professor? I don't know. I think what's happening is that someone's mind controlling me in the middle of the night when I'm supposed to be sleeping to get up out of bed and go and perform dastardly deeds and then putting me back before I wake up. Uh, so many things I could be saying there and I know I'd be in trouble for all of them. <laughs> Okay, just don't blame me if I fall asleep in the middle of recording tonight. Well, no, we'll just make fun of you. You'll look, you'll, you'll, we'll have the audio version of you looking like a mumble rapper. <laughs> no, I'm no mumble rapper. I snore like industrial machinery. Well, there you go. We won't even need to do anything. We can just sit there and put a soundtrack of you snoring to people starting up heavy industrial machines. <laughs> The best alarm clock idea I've ever heard of. Actually, no, not alarm clock. Best ASMR track. The professor snoring like Trust heavy machinery. Really not. <laughs> and the best alarm clock I've ever come across is a fire station. With the out sirens on. Uh, yeah, it's not just that. It's also at, when they open the doors and everything. Because yeah, I actually moved into a place and was literally just up the road and up the hill from the fire station. And first night we moved in, they had a fire or something going, and yeah, they had the bell inside the station go off, and then the trucks start up, and the doors fly open, and the trucks come out with their lights and sirens going. That wakes anyone up at three o'clock in the morning. I better would. <laughs> Anyways, gents, um, let's get the show on the road. Um, Bucky, you've got you've got the first story. Hold on, hold on. We've got a shout out there. Who is the podcast about sleep? One third of life. Um, so that's the first square of our bingo. <laughs> well, hang on. Now, what's um, Zane has his one as well, where he reads for Insomniacs. Uh, uh, is it unfeatured articles? I think so. If we're gonna if we're gonna talk about sleep deprivation and stuff like that, then yeah, it's a good one for you. <laughs> he reads it in his soothed, calming voice, so that you very calming. See, you just want to just relax and take the time and fall asleep. I think Zane. I, I think Zane has the idea of making it into an ASMR. You he seem. Make... You seem to love all these acronyms. But you've never heard of ASMR before. I have. But can you tell me what ASMR stands for? Autosensory, um, something relaxation. If my memory serves me right. Okay. Autonomous sensory meridian response. <laughs> That wasn't even close. I think that was an F-A-I-L. <laughs> well, I was right about the auto-sensory. If you take out the no. anonymous... Nah. You're in a different galaxy, far, far away. <laughs> hey, hey, two out of four is not bad, okay? Two out of four is not bad. <laughs> did you get that many? I don't think so. I did. We'll leave it to the listeners to decide. We'll start a poll. <laughs> All those who think that the DJ stuffed that up. Let us know. Uh, anyway, so Bucky, you've got the first story. I do. Um, this year, we're actually celebrating 50 years of the Apollo missions. And NASA is doing a massive, massive thing. Like um, the exhibit in a South Bank at the moment is part of the overall celebration program. Um, but they've also got um, special TV programs, um, all sorts of things. So, yeah, all the space cadets who are completely addicted to the idea of being an astronaut, like the professor, um, 
we've got a couple of links there. There's actually um, one with National Geographic, which has got a lot of stories, such as capturing the space race, so looking at all the different photos as we set sail, Return to the Moon, which is a program that's on the, the works, and then there's also Women of Apollo, looking at all the amazing ladies who have been involved in the Apollo missions, some of whom we've mentioned over the various episodes. Surely they mention our idol, Margaret Hamilton. I'm pretty sure she was in there. Um, I had a quick look at it because I've also got the NASA website up, which has got so much extra information about various events that they've got going on. Um, in the National Ge- Geographic, their first line is, countless women were vital to launching the era of manned spaceflight. And for half a century, these hidden figures have been overlooked for their role in the space age. So they've got Barbara Crawford Johnson, the woman who pointed NASA's path to the moon. Um, Catherine Johnson. Um, yeah, they've they've got a lot of stuff here. So, um, so this is... Oh, you, first, you first. I was just going to say, they've actually got like so many events. It's actually like there's stuff in Paris. All, like, there's, it's all around the globe. There's things happening. So doesn't matter where you are. There's something nearby that's related to the Apollo missions. So does that mean we get to see um, reruns of the movie The Dish? You can watch it whenever you like. No one's going to stop you. Oh, I know, but they'll be saying, like, we'll be showing the movie The Dish as well. Um, I haven't seen it in, in amongst any of the lists, but it's always definitely a good movie to watch. After all, who, who doesn't love a bunch of Australian larrikins playing cricket inside the... Park's radio telescope dish. <laughs> and messing up and trying to work out how to fix it before their boss finds out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, which Apollo missions do you reckon takes the cake as the best Apollo mission? The most remembered Apollo mission, I mean. Well, what do you mean remembered? Like, there's different ones to remember for different things. Well, like, as in land l- land breaking, uh, like, um, record breaking, and um, something that's that made history kind of things. Like Apollo 11, for example, that was historic in, in, in terms of the Neil Armstrong and his one step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Yeah. Then you got, was it Apollo 13? They, they, they're still, they, there's some scientists think they've actually tracked it recently. Uh, no, that was um, Apollo 13 is the one that got messed up and had to come back because the oxygen blew up. That's right. The um, I think it was Apollo 8 that, we were talking about the other day, they found the Snoopy lunar module that um, okay. was jettisoned into space after the test flight, and some amateur astronomers reckon they've managed to track it down. Because I mean, like, you got 50 years of history because there's still stuff happening with some of the Apollo missions where the technology from that has gone over into the space shuttle, and um, there's just, yeah, like it's built such a massive platform that flows into everything else that same one particular point like like as you said like apollo 11 landed on the moon but all the previous apollo missions had so much that it was building up slowly in a constant level um okay apollo well we'll ask the biggest um i guess you call them call him an apoliophile here um professor give us a rundown on apollo 1 to apollo 11 on the stages okay. now, it's been a while since i've actually thought about this but apollo 11 is obviously the most famous for being one to land on the moon mm-hmm. apollo 13 had to turn around and come home uh, apollo 17 was the final apollo mission and uh, before the they landed on the moon apollo 1 caught fire on the launch pad and killed the three astronauts on board Apollo 10 had a failure with the toilet system and had a uh, a piece of poo floating around the cockpit. <laughs> I think Apollo 8 was the first one to fly to the moon with a full lunar module. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's all I can rem- remember off the top of my head. Notice the DJ laughs at the, the poo floating around. The um, Well, the crew members did as well. And they were arguing over whose it was and who had to clean it up. <laughs> yeah, it's not like being in the car where you can just open the window to sure fly out. Although, the, uh, the celebrations aside, though, you know what's going to be annoying, though? 
with the with the celebrations going on you're going to see a lot of conspiracy theorists now coming up saying oh the moon landing is fake and everything um, and they'll still they'll but, still whinge white about it yeah but it's that's all been disproved so many times and in all fairness it'd be nice to have all the um all, all those guys coming up with something different to talk about just i'm getting sick and tired of them talking about flat earth theory I confused one of them because he was going on about the flat earth theory and I said, no, the earth's shaped like a donut. <laughs> and so that's the reason why we have donuts. It's actually a celebration and it has to be made on the inside edge of the curve of the donut through the hole. By the time I left talking to him, he actually started to believe me. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Not really. It was me talking to him. <laughs> no, the part about him being him buying all the stuff that you just said but he was dumb enough to already think that the that the Earth was flat. Um, he he also believed vaccines cause autism. Um, <laughs> he, he's one of those people that he, if you give him a conspiracy and you make it sound moderately plausible, he then snaps together all the rest of the bits and pieces to make it work. To the extent um, I actually saw um, someone destroying someone who was a anti-vax conspiracy nut who literally was rolling off all the conspiracies when they went to the doctor for their child's checkup and the young student doctor who was doing all the initial in- inspection of the child went back to his resident and told him what had happened and um had it he gave him a wink he goes we'll, we'll fix this went in was talking about it and the mother refused the inoculations and vaccinations and the doctor just said well but what if it doesn't actually cause autism what if that's all actually a conspiracy from Russia oh. to weaken our society by leaving us open to all these diseases? Apparently, you could actually hear the lady's mind break trying to work out which was the more plausible theory. In the uh, end, she actually got all the vaccinations. I'm going to pretend I never heard that and try to maintain some hope in humanity. Hey, at the end of the day, um, what is this? The T-shirt that I saw floating around the other week. Um, what do um, what does the EKG of uh, flat, uh, flat Earthers have in common with um, anti-vaxxers? <laughs> They're both flat, aren't they? Yep. But um, so with the Apollo missions, do you reckon we will ever see some sort of Apollo type mission for Mars? I don't. I, well, they're already planning sending a mission to Mars. Um, and it's going to be a multi-stage though, because they're going to have to live there. Yeah, I did remember once there was a, there was, wasn't there a company that wanted to take a couple, take a few people and say, uh, we will we'll take you to Mars and you'll be living there forever and never coming back to Earth. Yeah, Mars One. As there was a, there was a draw. There's people that have put their hands up for it. Mars One went bankrupt not too long ago though. Yeah. So. Like the idea of like all the because when you think of all the requirements of sending a mission to Mars, landing on the surface, and then taking off to fly back, uh, it's not like sending a mission to the moon. Like the the gravity on Mars is a lot heavier than it is on the moon. But it's still also not heavy enough to prevent bone loss. And after, yeah. even if it was after three months in space, you start to see some serious bone losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's why when astronauts come back from the ISS, you always see them sitting in um like they always keep them sitting down and carry them everywhere for the first little while after they get back to Earth because their bodies aren't adapted for gravity. Yeah, because even though they have them doing resistance exercises and everything to try and maintain muscle muscle mass and bone density that's just there's nothing to make it happen and what's flight time estimated to mars it's a couple of years isn't it i think the closest is about three months is it three months i i wasn't too sure because i thought it was yeah i haven't been following it that closely so it depends on the uh the time of year that you launch and how close okay. you are to Mars to begin with. But from- I'm pretty sure a uh, the closest approach is about three months. You okay. mean from Earth to Mars, fellas? Well, unless you're going to be able to fly from somewhere else. Yeah. If uh, I remember correctly, you 
uh, have three months to get to Mars, then like two and a half years before you can uh, get a three month flight back. Ah, uh, that might have been what it was. Um, um, yeah, no, actually, flight time from Earth to Mars is between 150 to 300 days, so six, roughly six to 12 months. Yeah, same here. Oh. Well, actually, no, it's just under um, 12 months, so um, five to 10 months. Well, you know what was amazing with all the Apollo programs, though, was that after the, what was the whole promise of, okay, after the Apollo p- programs, we can establish cities in the moon and we'll be living in space and stuff, and then years later you realise that was just a pipe dream. Well, they're still talking about building a base on the moon because interstellar travel is going to be able to happen from there rather than on the surface because of the reduction in gravity. So there's as part, actually part of the planned uh, mission to Mars. One of the concepts is actually building a base on the moon and launching a spaceship from there because the amount of fuel required and everything like that would be so much so much so much more reduced that it would be able to make it much more economical yeah so yeah there will be bases on the moon eventually i'm pretty sure probably not on the surface it'd be more likely to be, be buried under the surface but yeah got to get that radiation shielding in somehow mm-hmm. okay, so all the sci-fi movies with their glass domes and stuff that's great until you get hit by a meteorite and not all meteorites are huge there's tiny little meteorites as well uh... Anyways, um, so moving along, um, Professor, you've got stories about E3 this year. Yeah, I wasn't able to keep up with it as much as I have in the past years because I'm working full-time now. But uh, I've been keeping an eye on the recaps. And even though it's a bit of a slow year for E3 because we're at the end of a console generation, there's some pretty interesting stuff that's uh, just been announced. I mm-hmm. uh, My key takeaway is... Breath of the Wild 2, and the uh, low point is Fallout Battle Royale. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I think everybody hated that when they... I, I saw a bit of the Bethesda press conference, and everyone was just not impressed. No one was clapping. Like, no one was no, yeah, people. All. People were clapping at Bethesda. They had their people that were paid to sit in the first couple of rows and be all excited and carry on about everything. Constantly. Yeah, that was the problem. Like the and everyone else audience. was just wanting to throw stuff at them. Yeah, Todd was Todd Howard, the CEO of Bethesda, was trying to mitigate the problem, mitigate Fallout seventy six by saying, "Oh, thank you guys for making this game so possible." Going, <laughs> no, you did it. You know what I don't understand? If they'd pushed it back by a year and released it now with the content that they've just announced for uh, the nuclear winter update, then I think the backlash would have been a hell of a lot less than it was releasing it as bare bones as it was. Mm-hmm. And the same with No Man's Sky a couple of years ago. It's become a fairly decent game, but everybody's got that first impression in their head from the absolutely abysmal launch. Don't get why... Triple A companies are releasing unfinished games like this, and then two uh, years down the track, the game's finally worth buying. Um, one word: greed. Yep. Mm. Like the Hoff, the Hoff's got to be able to buy his um new new old style leather jackets and pay for that hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but the the guy has got to stop trying to emulate Hasselhoff. I, I didn't see this year's one, but it was a so terrible last year. I couldn't go there. My biggest takeaway. Oh. I was going to say, what did you think of um, Devolver this year? <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> I haven't seen them yet. Uh, I'm planning on going back to them when I get a chance. The movie yeah. continues. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and uh, I like it um, from what I saw when the Devolver um, conference. It was they were poking fun at Nintendo's um, Nintendo Direct's conference, which I thought that was inv- it was creative and funny. I like the one one thing I do that I did catch with um, Devolver because I saw a little bit of the video online. Um, they've gone for a, a RoboCop esque sort of theme to the movie now. <laughs> and I see if Devolver spun off a uh, 
a studio to make dumb, low-budget movie things like that. I'd be cool with that. I'd pay to see that. Yeah. Um, they're just, they just they have perfected the art of taking the piss out of the morons. The people who take E3 too seriously. <laughs> ah, just people who take themselves too seriously. The, uh, Microsoft did well this year as well did well with their um, line of games like for example Cyberpunk 2077 with the massive reveal of Keanu Reeves and that uh, and um, how he's going to be featured in the game not as a cameo appearance but in in the game yeah he's going to be a full-on companion character Mm -hmm. and and how he entered into the press conference and and there were so many people giving him standing ovations and one person in the crowd was saying you're you're breathtaking and Keanu replied you're breathtaking and oh that was amazing just watching that whole just watching Keanu on the stage it was pretty beautiful yeah. to watch did Keanu promise them a hundred grand each if they cheered no, <laughs> no. he doesn't have to he's, he's he is pretty cool but um yeah, going back to Devolver for a moment. Did you guys have you, you seen heard about the game Four Guys? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I missed that one. Ah, uh, see, when I first saw saw the name, I thought, are they are they paying out on um, Bethesda with Fallout? Because <laughs> there's four, four guys, Ultimate Knockout. <laughs> oh, did you see their uh, bootleg games pack? No, not yet. They released a set of mini games based on other games that they've made, with um, like in the style of cheap Chinese knockoffs. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I, I've actually just found it now. Shoot, they got shooty boots and Ape Out Junior Luff trousers. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on, Piku Biku doesn't sound like anything in particular, does it? No, I think it's a pun on uh. Yeah, Piku Niku uh, with a C is one of their games, I think. Yeah, uh, I was thinking more like Pikachu. Piku Biku. Oh, yeah. And then um, they've got Absolver, Fighting Championship, and Cat Sylvania. <laughs> oh, that's I like brilliant. that it's for sale for 1% off. Yeah. Like, these guys just make, make E3 so much more fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, what were the um Nintendo like um I said like you said earlier Nintendo had an interesting press conference with more Smash Brothers oh, reveals. Goodness me! Yeah, <laughs> the uh, hero from Dragon Quest and Banjo Kazooie. Oh, is that all? <laughs> and a bunch of other stuff like Breath of the Wild two, oh. uh, a bunch of games that they've got coming out on that platform. Apparently, they're getting a full release of uh, The Witcher three. And Alien Isolation. Okay. See, I'm, I'm actually starting to feel sleepy now just mentioning Nintendo <laughs> and E3. I, it was I just, yeah, that was a horrible, horrible experience. But yeah, the E3 this year was just lackluster, to be honest. Like, nothing special happened. Like, besides Keanu Reeves entering into the, entering into the spotlight. And, I, oh, there was another um, big moment that happened um, where... Um, on the Microsoft, was it Microsoft? No, another press conference. I don't know which game, <laughs> forgot which game company it was, but um, one of the game developers, she, um, her name was Ikumi something. She pr- introduced a game called Ghostwire, and oh. my god, the in the people were like, Oh, she's so cute, and they drew there was there's so much fan art of her. Yep, um, I did see that, she was pretty cool. Uh, is this the girl doing the weird dance? Uh, yeah. It was the whole thing. It's just she was so genuine. Yeah, I saw uh, someone took screen captures of her and arranged it into the Lost comic based on her arm movement movements. But man, um, Ghost the Ghostwire game looks um, very interesting, though. What's it about? Um, it's a it's basically people that disappeared all over Japan and. It's made by the same guys who did um, Bayonetta and The Evil Within, so it'd be kind of like a horror star game, horror thriller oh, yeah. game. The downside is it's made by the guys from Bethesda. Its publisher is Bethesda. So. Yeah, well, Bethesda doesn't always do bad things, mostly when they're a publisher of other people's things. Yeah, that's 
But other than that, man, I, I think I, I think we've been droning on about how E three is just becoming boring. I think the the interesting thing is how Bethesda, with Bethesda, by the way, they've been interesting. They've been introducing a lot of mobile games. Bethesda's been emphasizing on mobile games more. That's where the money is. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny how people on the internet reacted to it by saying like, "Mobile games are not real games." Yeah, they're selling out. Selling out the true experiences of gamers like me. Uh, <laughs> suck it up, princess. <laughs> Alright. There's, there's plenty of other gamers out there that play on mobile platforms. So you, you always say PC Master Race and the DJ's just, who knows. I'm, I'm, a, PC, uh, hey, I'm a PC on a console man, man. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. So if I checked on your mobile phone, there wouldn't be any games? No, no. You won't see it. I won't see because you got them hidden. No, I, you, uh, <laughs> no, you won't see them because I because I don't play them. Uh huh. I suppose yeah, you, you probably don't have time in amongst all the um, watching the YouTube videos. <laughs> uh Netflix also had an interesting introduction as well to E3 with um with their um the Dark Crystal game. Yeah, more um more Netflix choose adventure things would be cool. I mean, looking at the um, the gameplay trailer, it looks it it kind of pays homage to all the um, Final Fantasy style games, with the turn base and the um, moving a certain a certain distance. That's, which was also the other interesting, which was also the other cool reveal this on this E three, the new Final Fantasy remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but would well, it, um, actually, I'm excited for uh, the Mana game remakes. I did see your post where you were all, all, all excited in chat there the, the other day. Yesterday, was yeah. it? Yeah, just last night. As I was going to the gym, I saw a, an offhand comment on Reddit and <laughs> got very excited. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he was so excited. He was like a 13-year-old boy locked in an adult shop. <laughs> your metaphors are disturbing. What, you weren't that excited? No, just the metaphor was disturbing. <laughs> oh, God. I try. So, uh, with the recent E3, you reckon we'll ever see... You reckon E3 is going to... Next year's E3 is just going to be... Just be a dud show again? I mean... No, nah, next year they're going to have all of the uh, console announcements. Mm-hmm. So, even though they've... Uh, they basically leaked every while before the show this year. But next year they've got the console announcements, launch title. There's no reason for it to be as slow as it was this year. And there'll be more stuff that they haven't leaked already. That like they've got most like a lot of the major leaks that always happen. But there'll be something special that they'll have on the actual E3 conference as part of the launch. Which which console release are you looking forward to the most? The Xbox or the PS? The Switch too. Oh, there's a Switch one also coming out. Yeah. There's um there's rumors about it and I reckon they're highly likely to announce a new one around that time because it um it'll be four years since the uh, the switch came out so it's about the length of a generation it'll give them a chance to iron out some of the issues they've been having like uh, it turns out the switch is insecure by default there's no way they can stop people cracking it. So they'll probably want to put out a, a Generation 2 or a bigger Switch, whatever they do, using a more modern chip that doesn't have the vulnerability. Yeah. So if they put out a bigger Switch, is it going to be like you see those big, massive light switches on the wall? The <laughs> it wasn't that funny, DJ. <laughs> It will be massive. I will give you that, Bucky. It will be massive. <laughs> oh, by the way, Professor, the um, Switch came out in 2017. So that's okay. not long ago. Yeah, it's newer than I thought. Yeah. Epic Game Store has been... The, the, couple, the other interesting thing with E3, I've also forgot to mention, was how Epic Game Store has been spe- uh, spooking up at one, a couple of times at E3, saying that some of the uh, big games will be coming on Epic Game Store this this year and not many games will be coming on E3. Yeah. We'll see where that goes in the next year. Something's gotta give. Yeah, it's it's a matter of time before Epic Game Store does something crazy. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And speaking of crazy, uh, I've got a story for you guys about Netflix and their new venture. Ah, I thought you were going to talk about yourself. Ah, I'm not as crazy as Netflix, though, but thanks for the cut. Co- Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so Netflix has decided to buy the division, the game, and are going to make a movie out of it, starring Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal. And it will be directed by David Leach, whose credits include Deadpool 2 and Hobbs and Shaw. Well, I can't so wait for this that's to be a very awful. Int- you said something, Professor? I said I can't wait for this to be awful. Oh, I know, man. The plot line, the, the plot goes like this. Uh, the story is set in the near future with a pandemic virus spread via paper money on Black Friday, decimating the city of New York and killing millions. By Christmas, what's left of society has descended into chaos. Hey, hey. A group of citizens trained. Yeah. We can read the article too. Oh, no, this is. Okay. My mistake. Uh, so, so it's basically a survival movie. As always. But, well, it's not necessarily going to be bad. Like, um, yeah, we can't, we, we kind of have this predilection because of the fact that there's been so many movies that have gone bad. But isn't, I have to check, is The Division based on a series of books? No, it's one, I think it's one of these new Tom Clancy properties that are Tom Clancy in name only. Ah, okay. Which, to be fair, is most things because uh, he had a lot of Ghost Riders. Yeah, because he had, um, like the Rainbow Six games were actually based, like they, they were a spin off from his books. Yeah. So. Same for uh, Splinter Cell, I think. Did it have a book? Um, Splinter Cell was, I don't remember a book, but I think it was based loosely on some of the character traits that he, for um, John Clark and some of the bits and pieces with that. That might be what yeah, I'm thinking. Based, oh, uh, sorry, guys. Uh, they made some novels based on the games. So, yeah, it wasn't uh, really... What? Rain... Splinter... No, no, I meant Splinter Cell. Sorry. Ah, yeah, Splinter so... Cell, they may have put some books out afterwards, but the initial um, character design was all based around um, John Clark from the um, whole Jack Ryan series. What do, you, what do you reckon, guys? The whole games... I know we had this conversation before about games to movies and... T- and their vast, Im- vast uh, question mark um, improvements. You reckon this might, this might be it? Like, well, I this know, is a game with a storyline, so there's actually a story to follow. Yeah, but the story, but the story is just basically this typical, oh yeah, it's a zombie apocalypse style scenario with just a group of people, and we're trying to survive. And that's but it. it's not a zombie apocalypse. I, I meant zombie there's apocalypse no zombies. style. But it's, it's the same disease. Story. Once they're dead, they stay dead. And then there's all this weird uh, government sleeper agent stuff. Oh, hang on. Did we just catch you out on not actually knowing the story? Of no, the no. I, all I'm saying is, though, it's the same old storyline as we saw in the, like, what were the no. other series? Like, oh, what was, there was that series where the um the entire pla- um continent of America lost power and they're trying to figure out not not the continent of America, the entire world lost power and the world's trying to figure out how to live without power. So the word of someone with a vocabulary would be apocalypse. Apocalypse. <laughs> there was there was um the one where you're talking about um where North America loses power was yeah. Dark Angel. There was another one called Revolution, I think. And then there's Mad Max, which is also post apocalyptic. There we go. Yeah, it was revolution um, about uh, power blackout. Uh, That's the one. Power power blackout. But this is different to a power blackout. True, but it's the same formula though in terms of something catastrophic happens to the world, and pe- people are trying to survive after the post cataclysmic event, and we get to see it, and it's a, and it's a journey. 
Yeah. Um, well, there's it's something that people are interested in. It's and you're not going to be getting sued for saying it's this person or that person. But back in the Cold War, we always had the Russians and so forth as enemies. We can't say that anymore because we're not allowed to call them enemies. Yeah. Well, what do you reckon about the casting though? Um, in terms of Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Chastain playing in this movie, I reckon Jake Gyllenhaal might pull it off. I don't know if we've seen anything bad with Jake Gyllenhaal. Jarhead uh, wasn't bad, video... but it was it was very slow and very trippy. The last video game um, movie, and I I've... haven't watched um, Breakback Mountain yet either. So, is he in that? Yeah. Yes. Well, didn't Breakback Mountain get a an award of some sort? Yeah, but that doesn't really mean anything these days. Yeah, they have they have some awards that are just like participation and turn up things. It's almost <laughs> getting there. He was in um, Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. That was a good video game adaptation movie. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, if you actually uh, if you actually follow the history of the game, that actually goes back to a scrolling platform. Good time. Back, I think I was. 13 when that first came out many 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 moons ago back when you're a little wee lad <laughs> i wouldn't say little wee lad because yeah i was already six foot tall okay so, how did, uh, did you guys watch nightcrawler uh, no but i hear a lot of good things about his acting in that yeah because that, that was one it's people get polarized by that but yeah, it was i enjoyed it it was fun the last uh, Hall movie I saw was um, Zodiac, a movie about the Zodiac killer, and that was good. Mm-hmm. You guys seen it? No, I haven't, but uh, I've heard uh, about it as well. Oh, here we go. Apparently he was also in um, City Slickers in 1991. That was his uh, screen debut, acting as a child. So, yeah, um, we, you, we, should, we should watch this soon when it comes out. Oh, and by the way, uh, Jessica Chastain, uh, if you haven't heard that name before, she was in movies such as Zero Dark Thirty and The Help, and she was also in The Martian as well. Wasn't she also in, um, was it Lawless? Uh, don't think so. Look. Yes, she was. Okay. Stay corrected. That was, that's a fun movie to watch. <laughs> Apparently based on a true story. So, um, guys, so... Can't wait. So, you guys going to be watching this movie or just give it a miss? I see what the reviews say. Um, I may end up watching it, but yeah, that's just more out of curiosity. Um, the biggest selling point for a movie for me these days is if um, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a bad rep, I reckon it's going to be great. <laughs> it's like Rotten Tomatoes works on reverse psychology. Like if the crit- if the audience hates it, the critics. The audience huh. hates it. That means the critics love it. I, well, I don't know. Like, just Rotten Tomatoes have paid out on so many movies that have been absolutely brilliant. That's true. That's true. Uh, anyways, guys, um, moving along. Uh, games currently playing. So, Buck, what have you been playing? I've been playing. Ah, you stuffed <laughs> up. You stuffed up. Indeed, I think I did. Uh, which one was it this time? Assassin's Creed 2. Just the first one? No, Assassin's Creed 2. Oh, okay. My mistake. Fix your show notes, mate. <laughs> yeah. What sort of, what a sort of amateur hour is this? You ask us what you ask me what I'm playing the other day, I tell you. Oh, crying out loud. What a slacker. <laughs> you know he just never Fun- listens to uh, me, uh, folks. He just doesn't care. <laughs> oh, I don't care. <laughs> He just he, he just doesn't care enough to listen and be concerned. Oh, so Assassin's Creed Two, eh? That's a pretty it's a pretty step back from the odd from the everyday game of Assassin's Creed Unity. Yeah, but it's going back to the roots. Like, um, I was going to do I was looking at um Assassin's Creed One, but I'm not sure if I could get it on my system because it was saying it's limited to um Windows XP. So I'm not sure if it'll run on Windows Seven or anything else like that so i have to do a bit more homework but assassin's creed 2 was there it was on special it was only five dollars wow pretty cheap get to go back and run around as Ezio and start the whole Ezio saga off that's fun all right professor what have you been playing i've been playing uh cataclysm still i really haven't had time to get into anything else lately 
<laughs> and this week's survivor story uh -oh. i went out of the shelter i found a dog i wanted to pat and the dog ate me <laughs> oh good dog good boy <laughs> i probably made it sick <laughs> what the what is it with you and dogs professor what is it with you and do dogs oh i got along with the dog i saw today love it liked just... me so much as soon I had to drag it off me. Kept jumping <laughs> up on me and trying to lick me. All right. Well, as long as it was only licking. Yep. Have you seen that video on um, YouTube and Facebook where a guy's doing something on his computer and he's got a um, French bulldog, starts licking his cheek, so he turns around and goes to lick it and it pulls away and is really nervous and puts its paw up to push him away? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's a very interesting relationship there. Oh man, um, I've been playing Apex Legends. Uh, I was hoping that we might get some new updates for the game, and uh, if, after what happened with the E3 with EA's E3 announcement, um, nothing's coming up lately. But yeah, it's been quite all quiet on the Western Front. They've added in some new stuff like um, Epic Access, um, new skins, uh, limited edition skins, and that's all about that. That's, that's about it so far. Sounds exciting. Mm, I know, I know. I'm giving, giving you guys a Reddit link to the um, pug. It wasn't a bulldog, sorry. Oh, pugs are cute. They're really cute. They also literally cannot breathe. Uh, uh, anyways, um, so on to the shout outs. So on the 8th of January, 20, uh, not January, 8th of June 2019, uh, Ashley Barty wins the <laughs> French Open. <laughs> Congratulations! I know that I know Buck is gonna be like give me, gonna give me slack for this. <laughs> gonna give me flack for this. I'm not. Also, <laughs> oh, they keep saying. Also, oh, they keep saying. Just keep talking. It makes it funny. Uh, so congratulations, Ashley. You wow, it's a it's an amazing achievement winning the French Open. And I'm pretty sure she's from uh, Ipswich too, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Her win puts Ipswich on the map. Yeah, it's already it's... on the map. The big red, do not go here on it. <laughs> it, it. It hasn't had anything else to put it on the map in the last hundred and something years. <laughs> Although what, what it? Queensland's 160 years old now, so yeah, there's nothing else happening that 160 years to put Ipswich on the map. Uh, what's interesting though for me was how she credited her time playing cricket to her success, and I'm going, I'm wondering. Can you imagine all these potential athletes and maybe current athletes now saying, I'm going to take a break from tennis and uh, I'm going to play a different sport for the time being just to get a break. Like maybe see Roger Federer playing golf, pro golf or Nick Kyrgios well, playing soccer. It worked for Michael Jordan and that totally wasn't a cover-up to uh, hide his gambling addiction. Mm. And then there was also, um, uh, who was the Australian motorcycle rider? That went into Formula in, into the um, Super V8s. Uh, Will Power? No, before him, he was the world champion for. Oh, I know Mick, who you're talking Mick, about. I think it was before Mick Dawn, although Mick Dawn did it as well for a little bit. Um, is it Tan? I know it's 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 Tanner or someone. No, I know. no. I'll look it up and then I'll get back to you. Marcus Ambrose, that's the one. No, was it? No, just keep going. I'll look it up and get back to you. Okay. So we've also, 11th of June, 1955, the 1955 Le Mans disaster occurred during the 24-hour of Le Mans motor race at Circuit de la Sarthe in Le Mans, France on 11th of June, 1955. A major crash caused uh, large fragments of debris to fly into the crowd, killing 83 spectators and French driver Pierre Bouillon, who raced under the name Pierre Levesque. And injuring nearly 180 more it was the most catastrophic race in motorsport history, and it prompted Mercedes-Benz to retire from motor racing until 1989. Man, that was a very, very scary crash to watch. Yeah, it would have been even worse being in the crowd there. Oh man, that... hundreds of kilos of magnesium flung at you. On the 11th of June 1963, Buddhist monk Kwang Duk uh, publicly burns himself to death in a plea for President Ngo Dindiem to show charity and compassion to all religions. Oh man, those, those 
people that burn themselves on public places they they're traumatic to watch as well um, um the motorcycle champion i was trying to think of is wade gardner back in the early 90s what was his name again wayne gardner okay oh yeah oh good i actually met this guy too he's pretty cool uh, so on to our remembrances. The 11th of June, 1979, John Wayne, nicknamed Duke, was an American actor, filmmaker, and Presidential Medal of Freedom hang, recipient. Hang, hang on. No, it's The Duke, not Duke. Okay. The Duke. Yeah, yeah you've uh, got to have The. I swear it was Duke. Okay. The Duke. Uh, he, was one, he was among the top box office draws for three decades. He starred in 142 motion pictures altogether. According to one biographer, John Wayne personified for millions the nation's frontier heritage. 83 of his movies were westerns, and in them he played cowboys, cavalrymen, and unconquerable loners extracted from the Republic's central creation myth. He appeared with many important Hollywood stars of his era and made his last public appearance at the Academy Awards ceremony on April 9th, 1979. He died of stomach cancer at 72 in Los Angeles, California. Here's a question for you. You're saying um, extracted from Republic's central creation myth. Do you yeah. know what Republic they're referring to there? Um, the Midwest, I'm assuming? No. It was a studio like Paramount and so forth. I can't remember who it was that bought them up at the moment, but yeah, it was okay. Republic Studios. So uh, that's me... how many that's how many John Wayne movies I've watched. I actually don't even know that. Do you have a list of like all lady free John Wayne West a pen to take them off as you watch them? Um probably haven't got a list written down, but I probably have watched most of them. Like he was one of the the many few, like you got Charlton Heston. He played a lot of Western movies as well. Nah, 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 nah. John Wayne is at a at a whole different level because John Wayne goes back before Charlton Heston. John Wayne was actually in silent movies is when he started his career. Um, there was a movie, Blue, Sh- Blue Streak or something it was, or, or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, not no, Blue Steel might be. Um, I'd actually have to look it up. But, yeah, like this one of his very first movies I've ever saw, like that I've ever seen of his was this really, really old black and white. Pretty sure it was a silent movie off the top of my head. Um, so on the 11th of June, 1999, D. Forrest Kelly, uh, known to colleagues as D, was an American actor, screenwriter, poet, and singer known for his roles in Westerns and as Dr. Leonard Bones McCoy of the USS Enterprise in the television and film series Star Trek. He died of stomach cancer at 79 in Woodford Hills, Los Angeles, California. Was it like Los Angeles is like the place where everyone goes to die? Like, everyone's dead in Los Angeles, California. Should well, we teach them about statistics and per capita? Uh, <laughs> okay, DJ, most of the people you talk about when we say the remembrances are movie stars who have died. Where's the biggest place for movie stars globally? Hollywood. <laughs> so given that there's probably a higher per capita ratio of movie stars in and they say Hollywood, but it's they just say Hollywood for the whole area. Like it's just it's not just yeah. You got people that they say died in Hollywood that were in three different counties away from Hollywood. But yeah, you got a majority of movie stars there. So therefore, when they die, oh, they died in Hollywood. So not everyone's going there to die. Just like just where they end up. Uh, so on the 12th of June 2003, Gregory Peck was an American actor. He was one of the f- most popular film stars of the 1940s to 1960s. Uh, Peck received five Academy Awards for Best Actor nominations and won once for his performance as Atticus Finch in the 1962 drama film To Kill a Mockingbird. Peck also received uh, Oscar nominations for his roles in The King, The Keys to the Kingdom, The Yearling, Gen- uh, The Yearling. Gentleman's Agreement, and 12 O'Clock High. Other notable films that he appeared in include Moby Dick, uh, which was in the 1956 and its 1980-1998 miniseries, The Guns of Navarone, Cape Fear, the 1962 edition, and its 1991 remake, How the West Was Won, was, The Omen. It's The Guns of Navarone, not Navarone. Okay. You've seen the movie, I know, because we've spoken about it before. So, That's yes, true. it's right. The uh, Omen, 
um, and the boys from Brazil. Uh, U.S. President uh, Lyndon Johnson honored Peck with the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1969 for his lifetime humanitarian effort. In 1999, the American Film Institute named Peck among greatest male stars of classic Hollywood cinemas, ranking him at 12. Number 12. He died in a sleep at home from bronchopneumonia at 87 in Los Angeles, California. Uh, 13th of June, 1871. Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin was a French magician. He is widely considered the father of the modern style of conjuring, such as Second Sight, The Ethereal Suspension, The Marvelous Orange Tree, Robert Houdin's Portfolio, the, and The light, heavy, light and Heavy Chest. His reputation was so great that he was requested during the 1850s by the French government to help put down a tribal rebellion in Algeria using his skills. This is surely a feat that not many magicians can boast about. He died of pneumonia at 65 in St. Gervais La Forêt. And he also featured in Boardwalk Empire. Um, famous birthdays. So on the 11th of June 1910, Jacques Cousteau, a French naval officer, um, explorer, conservationist, filmmaker, innovator, scientist, pho- photographer, author, and researcher, who studied the sea and all forms of water, life in water, he co-developed the Aqualung, pioneered marine conservation, and was a member of the Académie Franchisee. Uh, Cousteau discovered his underwater world research in a series of books, perhaps the most successful being his first book, The Silent World, a story of undersea discovery and adventure, published in 1953. Cousteau also directed films, most notably the documentary adaptation of the book The Silent World, which won a Palme d'Or, at the 1956 Cannes Film Festival. He remained the only person to win the Palme d'Or for a documentary film until Michael Moore won the award in 2004 for Fahrenheit 9-11. He was born in saint Audrey de Cupsac. I'm going to get slaughtered for this. Anyone who speaks French, please write in and abuse the DJ in true <laughs> French form for his murdering of saint Andre de Cusac. Cusac. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, could you say Cousteau is is the David Attenborough of his time? Oh no! Well, David Attenborough was doing stuff when Cousteau was around. Um, Cousteau was predominantly water; like he didn't do all the other bits and pieces. He actually had a boat that he used to sail around on and do his documentaries. So. Uh, 11th of June, 1933, Gene Wilder, American actor, screenwriter, director, producer, singer-songwriter, and author. Wilder began his career on stage and made his screen debut in an episode of the TV series Play of the Week in 1961. Although his first film was portraying a hostage in the 1967 motion picture Bonnie and Clyde, Wilder's first major role was Leopold Bloom in the... 1967 film The Producers, for which he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. This was the first film in a series of collaborations with the writer-slash-director Mel Brooks, including 1974's Blazing Saddle and Young Frankenstein, which Wilder co-wrote, garnering the pair an Academy Award nomination for Best Adapted Screenplay. Wilder is known for his portrayal of Willy Wonka in Willy Wonka, and The Chocolate Factory, and for four films with Richard Pryor, Silver Streak, The Crazy, See No No Evil, Hear No Evil, and Another You. Uh, Wilder directed and wrote several of his own films, including The Woman in Red. He was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, 11th of June, 1959, Hugh Laurie, English actor, director, singer, musician, comedian, and author. Uh, Laurie first gained recognition for his work as one half of the comedy duo, uh, Double Act, Fry and Laurie with with his friend and comedy partner, Stephen Fry. The duo acted together in a number of projects during the 1980s and 1990s, including the sketch comedy series, A Bit of Fry and Laurie, and the PG Wodehouse adaptation, Jeeves and Wooster. Laurie's other roles during the period include the period comedy series Black Adder, which Fry also acted, and the series and the film Sense and Sensibility, 101 Dalmatians, The Borrowers, and Stuart Little. Good movie, that Stuart Little movie. 
Uh, Laurie portrayed the title character in the U.S. medical drama series House on Fox TV, uh, for which he won two Golden Globe Awards. He was listed in the 2011 Guinness World Records as the most watched leading man on television and was one of the highest paid actors in the television drama, earning £250,000, which is $409,000. Now, is that $409,000 American or Australian? American. Uh, Per episode on House. He was appointed officer of the Order of the British Empire in in the 2007 New Year's Honours and commander of the Order of the British Empire in the 2018 New Year's Honours, both for his services to drama. He was born in Bluebird Lays, Oxfordshire. Uh, 11th of June, 1969, Peter Dinklage, American actor and producer. Dinklage studied acting at Bennington College, starring in a number of amateur stage productions. His, fa- film, uh, his fi- film debut was in Living in Oblivion, and his breakthrough come, came with the comedy drama The Station. He has since appeared in movies such as Elf, Underdog, Death of the Funeral, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Chris- Prince Caspian, X-Men Days of Future Past, Pixels, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which earned him his first Screen Actors Guild Award. In 2018, he appeared in in, as Itri in the Marvel Cinematic Universe film Avengers Infinity War, amongst other films. Uh, Dinklage received universal acclaim for portraying Tyrion Lannister on the HBO television series Game of Thrones, for which he won three primetime Emmys for, from seven nominations. He also received a Golden Globe for his role for the role in 2011. He was born in Morriston, New Jersey. I will say that's a pretty impressive resume for Peter. Mm-hmm. And now for our events of interest, uh, 11th of June 1959, Postmaster General bans D.H. Lawrence's book Lady Chatterley's Lover, which was overruled by the U.S. Court of Appeals in March 1960. What was that book all about? If, can someone fill me in? Um, a woman having an affair. And that got banned. Why? <laughs> she was also made to ride naked through town, I think, at uh, one point. Kind of like as an homage to um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it was very well, racy because it actually described a lot of um, sex scenes a bit more in detail than was common back then. I guess. Eleventh uh, of June, nineteen seventy-six. Australian band ACDC begin their first headline tour of Britain. Akadaka. <laughs> Woo. 11th of June, 1982, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Henry Thomas and Drew Barrymore, is released in the United States. It opened at number one with a gross of $11 million, 11 million and stayed at the top of the box office for six weeks. It then fluctuated between the first and second positions during until October, before returning to the top spot for the final time in December during a brief holiday se- season. Um, season re-release of the film. Um, on I the still top. remember when went to see that back in 1982 with my parents, and the the cinema was more full of old people than kids. <laughs> and finally, on the 12th of June 1942, Anne Frank receives a diary for her 13th birthday, and and thanks to her diary, it inspired a generation. Ah, that was a very, a very sad story as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, um. Anything you need to add in, guys, before we wrap up? Um, take care of yourself and look out for each other. Stay, Stay hydrated. hydrated. Damn it. But I'd get in there before you did. Um, <laughs> what else is there? Um, well, we haven't had the um, complaint about the Chinese gaming slash hackers. <laughs> and no penguins. Mm-hmm. We should have so, a, our next T-shirt idea. The penguins are coming. That's, that's our next station idea. The penguins are coming. My goodness, does your brain hurt? Because you just came up with a good idea. <laughs> I'm going to call it You heard uh, it here first, folks. The DJ had a good idea. Oh, uh, What were you, Professor? Anything to add in before we wrap up? No, I have nothing to add. No? Um, okay, so I've got nothing to add um, as well, but I'm... Um, that's it for uh, that's it for tonight. Um, you can find us on Facebook at, at Nerds Amalgamated. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at n.amalgamated. 
uh email us at you can email us on nerds.amalgamate at gmail.com send all your hate mail to him um we will be seeing you guys soon oh and uh you can also find us on that's not canon uh webs that's not canon.com where um we have an archive of our old episodes and you can check out the other um podcast as well to your leisure and you can also and you can find cool merchandise about so that's it for tonight. Uh, see you guys soon. Hey, Ray. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.